0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Risk Intel Podcast, powered by SRA Watchtower, where we share risk intelligence with experts from across the banking industry. I'm your host, Ed Vincent, CEO at SRA Watchtower. Hello, welcome to the Risk Intel Podcast. I'm Ed Vincent. Please join me in welcoming Doug Carnell to the podcast today. Doug brings almost 30 years of operational risk management and audit experience with medium and large financial institutions, including about two-thirds of that time, at a top 10 U.S. bank, where he focused on developing and implementing risk and, and control self-assessment solutions and spent significant time facing off with banking regulatory agencies. Doug, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ed. During our first session, we laid the foundation and, and talked a bit about um you know, what is a risk and control self-assessment and how does that fit in within a, a robust enterprise risk management framework today we're going to take one step um, kind of beyond that and get into the I'll say the the blocking and tackling of, of enacting uh, an, an RCsa so so Doug let's 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 jump in there once once a financial institution has decided to enact a risk and control self-assessment uh, what comes next how does how does that institution? define the risk assessment universe? How do they, how do they get out of the starting gate, so to speak?
1: Yeah, it's funny because you would think, well, geez, why do, you know, how hard could that possibly be? Um, but over my 20 plus years of experience in an RCSA space, it's, it's actually a really important and, um, and oftentimes a difficult um, process to define that universe. So um, let's just start with the biggest banks. The regulatory agencies would expect that all of their processes, technology, systems, products would be addressed in some shape or form in an RCSA. But when you get to the smaller, more mid-sized banks, um, they may want to start with their most critical products or services, and then um say hey this is where we're really going to target our rcsa we'll be really really clear on where we're going to begin this journey so we're going to define the universe as let's say um we're going to use the our product offerings to define the universe other organizations may say well let's look at our major processes let's look at things from an end-to-end perspective by the way that's where i think organizations will start Others may choose to say, let's do it by organizational unit, right? Um, And then let's put those all together to define the universe. So Mm -hmm. in answering this question, and I actually kind of went even a little bit further is because once you define that universe, you have to think about how do we parse it into logical chunks Yep. We can bring people together and talk about the risk, the bad things that could happen to prevent that particular from meeting its business objectives um, and then evaluating and, and bringing the right people in who can help identify and assess the controls that are in place for there. So really, once you define that universe, the next step is. How do we parse it in the logical pieces so that we're not trying to boil the ocean through this RCSA process, but really talking about risks that are really relevant to a particular area? So you can have a very targeted conversation about those risks and the controls.
0: Who who would, in, in your experience, who was in those conversations when you were when you were defining that that yeah. risk assessment universe, or as you said, right, determining how you break it into consumable or logical or reasonable chunks there. Who's making that call? Who's who's figuring that out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really good question. Um, It really should be very collaborative um, between the business, the people who are delivering products and services, because ultimately they are going to be the consumer of the RCSA. Right. They're going to be the ones who are using it. So you want them to be able to define the universe and those risk assessment units in a way that's meaningful to them, right? Mm. Um, Typically... Though, you would have a risk person helping to facilitate that conversation, to present the options of the way of looking at and executing the RCSAs so that the business can evaluate various options and approaches, because there is no one size fits all for any organization. The really important thing is you have good business buy-in that they believe they will be producing an RCSA that will help them to better manage their business. So you really want them to ultimately sign off on the risk assessment universe and how that universe is parsed into logical pieces.
0: That's great. That, that, <clears throat> pardon That's really, you know, powerful. The theme there of, of collaboration, right? And 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 it. Also reinforces one of the things we talked about in our in our on our last episode of the fact that this is um, this isn't just window dressing, right? This has got to have real value to the business right. uh, and to, to achieve that buy-in there that that, that you're talking about. Um, you talked, we've talked then there about then breaking the universe up into pieces. Um, you know, one of the other themes that that we've talked about in the past is is um, a, a taxonomy that everyone can understand, a taxonomy that is uh, standard, consistent, and you know, reusable. Can you talk a little bit about that concept of, of, of taxonomy and, uh, and and why that's meaningful here.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really um, important uh, next step or tool in the process, and and for for a number of reasons. One is um, it's very difficult. To um, for, for me, as let's say a, a risk expert working with you, Ed, and you own a business unit, and say, Hey, Ed, let's talk about the risks to your particular business unit. Um, and you would and you would be able to rattle off some things that are top of mind. But what you really want to do is be comprehensive around the most significant risks. The taxonomy is a tool that you can go through and say, hey, let's talk about operational risk. But operational risk is a really broad category. Let's start with people process system failures. Let's talk about fraud. Let's talk about cybersecurity. Hey, do you use models? Should we talk about what could go wrong in the use of models, right? Um, Lots of laws and regulations. Let's drill in on compliance risk, right? Those taxonomies help us to think through all the various risk exposures in a really logical manner and help us to feel that we are being comprehensive. So that's number one. Number two is at the end of the day, and as we as we talked about in the prior session, organizations should define their risk appetite. Nothing more than, hey, how much exposure can I live with to risk A, right? Well, now with this taxonomy, All of the risks from the various RCSAs performed across the organization can be aggregated. And and then you kind of say, hey, in aggregate, we are not managing this risk within appetite. We are in maybe 80 or 90 percent of the businesses, but there's this 10% that's really kind of out of appetite. And I'm I'm worried about it, right? So now we know where to target, but you don't, you're not able to bring that aggregation. The organization without having a standard taxonomy, because I might be talking about a cyber risk one way, you're talking about the exact same risk, but defining it in a different way, and we don't even know that we're talking about the same things because we weren't yeah. part of the same
0: conversation. Does that make sense? Got, it, it, it makes it makes complete sense, and it ties into you know one of the one of the prior themes we we talked about there of. A, an enterprise risk management framework, which is really you know, predicated on on aggregation and then being able to um, you know pull all that together. And so I, I think that right your 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 thoughts there around allowing you to think through things logically and comprehensively, to find that risk appetite and um, and how much exposure you can live with and then enabling aggregation, right? Pretty compelling uh, reasons to have that, have that standard taxonomy. Yeah, Doug. If 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 you are enacting then a risk and control self assessment, are there any pitfalls or traps that you you want to avoid? Things that you want to look out for, and perhaps you know warn folks to get get ahead of or or get on the front foot uh, if they encounter these things.
1: Yeah. So um, the pre work of an RCSA is really important. And what do I mean by pre work? Um, it is really being able to say, okay, hey, before we start this RCSA, let's be really clear of how we're defining the unit that we are performing the RCSA on, right? What's the starting point? What's the end point, right? So that gets everyone aligned. Um, It's then really important to help the business folks who don't think about risk and controls necessarily like we do on a day-to-day basis, to really simply understand what are we talking about here? Hey, we're simply talking about risk of those bad things that can happen, right? That cause you a lot of pain. And then controls are nothing more than those activities that you you and your team perform to either prevent them or detect those bad things from happening, right? So let's go in now and use our tools, our risk taxonomy, to really think about how could any of these risks manifest within your particular area of responsibility. Let's identify those risks. I'm a big proponent of identifying the risk first. Then you can come back and it's also very helpful. We talked about a risk taxonomy, but it's good to have a control inventory developed as well. This Mm -hmm. is an area where you might be able to work with your audit partners who have been auditing a particular area, have a good basis of the types of controls that they would expect to see, right? and help then the business folks to think through those activities. Control Activities are nothing more than a specific set of activities within a broader uh, process, right? So it's you got to kind of, again, prepare and educate the team of what's the difference between just executing a step in the process versus what's a real control activity. If you can do that pre-work ahead, you're going to have a much more effective facilitated RCSA sessions, right? And I do believe the facilitated sessions are very helpful. And 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 typically facilitated by a someone who has some risk experience has executed RCSAs in the past, right? Because it can help people move through um, some of the challenges that
0: beginners may be facing. So you've got me taking uh, um, copious notes here as, as we're going <laughs> through this. Lots of lots of fantastic content here. And I think a great roadmap for someone that is thinking about how do I get started in this area, area right? That I've got, I've got a commitment to go there and now I'm, I'm really ready to get out of the starting gate. So I think there were a handful of themes that we, we talked, we talked about here today. You know, collaboration with the business was, it was a big theme there upfront that we we talked about. Um, and, and, and that really, you know, being important to, to bring the business and the risk, the risk professionals together, um, Getting into a, uh, a a standard risk taxonomy and and control framework there that you mentioned at the end that provides the you know the, the baseline if you will yeah you know, so that you've got consistency whether it's defining your risk appetite thinking logically through the risks and the controls and and then ultimately enabling aggregation um, and then I think on the you know that that last theme that you brought up there when we talked about the the pitfalls of of education right it really begins with with um, you know, helping that business team understand what, why we're doing this and and what the value is. Um, if you have that in hand, then then those facilitations uh, facilitated sessions are going to be a lot more effective because folks are re- realizing the purpose of of why we're going down this path. So, yeah, thank you very much for giving us that that, that roadmap here, Doug. We appreciate it, and we look forward to uh, to coming back one more time and and talking about. Uh, tools and, and the regulatory interaction around our CSAs.
1: Yeah. Look forward to the next session, Ed.
0: For more information on SRA, please visit srarisk.com. Watch or listen to our weekly Risk Intel podcast series, or follow us on LinkedIn to learn more.